Well, good morning. My name is Janet Galante, and I'm one of the ministers here at First Christian. It's so good to be together with you today. Uh, I get to work with our college students and with our groups team as well. Uh, So I wanted to start off just by celebrating some of the cool things we've seen in college ministry this semester. Uh, You have been a church that has really welcomed them uh, and been a part of serving them as we've been here over the last year. Last week was our last college night of the semester, and this whole year we fed them probably 25 to 30 times. So thank you for anyone who has uh, brought food or done anything to make that possible. We have one student who's allergic to gluten, and she found out just before she came back to school that she had that allergy. And she was really nervous because that's been kind of a hassle, figuring that out, uh, both at school and just other places, learning to live with that. But she said here, she knew there would always be food for her. Some of you specifically made meals for her and made homemade items that were gluten-free, and she just felt so blessed by that. So thank you to all of you who've made that possible. We're in the middle right now of a series called Back to Life. And it's all about how even as things shift and they start to feel more and more normal, we want to seek something more, something beyond that. Because we have all noticed things do feel like they're getting more normal lately. And that's exciting. I've loved that. I've loved experiencing how these things are shifting all around us. But, you know, I got to tell you, I know someone who isn't so excited that things are going back to normal as much. And that is my pet rabbit, Luna. I think we have some pictures of her. She has loved this time of COVID. She's loved that she gets to have the run of the house. Really, she hangs out with me while I do my work. Uh, She gets to be pet way more. She's enjoyed the season so much more. But... I bet the rest of us aren't really like Luna. We're excited as things are shifting into place, as we can have a taste of that life that we used to have. But again, we want to make sure as we go back that we are seeking life, that we are looking beyond maybe what we settled for before to see what else is out there. And the Bible is filled with people who are doing just that, people who are seeking something more as they long for it. Like we see for David in Psalm 42, he says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, his soul pants for God, his soul thirsts for God. And I wonder what makes him long for God in that way? What makes any of us long for God and have that feeling inside of ourselves? Typically, we feel this longing when we're going through hardships. There's something new that's changing in our life, maybe grief, anxiety, or loss. And it leads us to seek something more. When we are grieving and we've lost a person or the loss of the way things were, we find ourselves craving God, looking beyond. When we're anxious, as things around us are shifting and changing and there's nothing to hold on to, we thirst for God. Where can we find God in all of this? We look for the light and life of God, something more. And we see tons of people in the Bible who are struggling and looking for God in this way. First, we had just said there's David who says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And remember, this is David. He's a heroic king. He's called the man after God's own heart. And even he struggles. He wasn't immune. And this wasn't just a one-time thing. He also says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? 
And we see Job. Job cries out, terrors overwhelm me. My life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me. Night pierces my bone. My gnawing pains never rest. And Jeremiah, why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? And now remember, Jeremiah is a prophet. He's a messenger for God. He's speaking to people on behalf of God, and he, even he is struggling immensely as he looks for something else. He says, cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. And this is borderline suicidal. Jeremiah is expressing the desire not to live anymore. And Naomi, she's in such a place of suffering that she wants to change her name. She says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. So we've had David, Job, Jeremiah, and Naomi, and even Jesus went through times of deep, profound grief. Even Jesus expresses his pain when he tells the disciples, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. We see real sorrow and suffering in Jesus' words. He's experiencing intense anxiety over what's ahead. So even Jesus experienced sadness, anxiety, and grief just like we do. And every one of these people that we just listed would fit in a little bit to what we're experiencing right now. We've seen so much grief all around us, so many people struggling, and we are all looking to go back to life. And I wonder, what would we call the experiences of these people today? If they lived right now, maybe we would say that they struggled with depression, anxiety, Maybe they were even experiencing a mental health crisis. And I don't know exactly what we would label it, but they would definitely fit into what we are experiencing. Because so many people right now are struggling with mental health, many for the first time in their lives. We see, I've seen uh, someone the other day who was sharing about how they have never experienced depression before. But there's something about this season that's just left him feeling overwhelmed experiencing this da- sad, deep emptiness. He's like, I, he said, I can't shake it off. I keep trying and it just keeps being there. It keeps persisting in this season. And this is something that's incredibly common. Statistics show that 20% of all adults struggle with mental illness in a typical year. This is 48 million people struggling with anxiety disorders and 19.4 million with depression. And these are already shocking numbers. They're huge, 48 million, 19 million, 20% of all adults. But those numbers were all before COVID. It, they've only gone up since then. Now we see that four out of 10 adults experience depression or anxiety. This particular statistic has gone from 11% to 42%. So you catch how huge that is. 11% of people before COVID experienced anxiety or depression, and now we're at 42. 
So this means before COVID, if we wanted to count it off and try to get an estimate of it, we could go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, the 10th person, they struggle with depression. Do it again, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, maybe they struggle with anxiety. That's already a lot. But now during COVID, it's more one, two, depressed, one, two, anxious, one, two, depressed. And that's still underestimating how many people are battling this right now, how many people are overwhelmed with this. This COVID season has hurt everybody. I went to the doctor the other day and you know, they asked those typical questions just to see how you're doing. You know, do you drink, do you smoke, do you exercise? Stuff like that, lifestyle questions. And then they added on some new ones. Are you frequently sad and hopeless? Do you feel anxious and overwhelmed? And as I listened to these questions, I almost found myself laughing to myself of, well, yeah, doesn't everyone feel that way right now? That doesn't really feel unusual anymore. We've been through so much, and I've certainly felt my own mental health deteriorate. And I think I'm ready to start moving on, to find something else, to go back to life. So what's it going to take? What can we possibly learn? The Bible's got to have something for us as we figure out how to find that something more. What can we learn from the Bible? I think we can learn a few important truths. The first one is that we learn to go to God with your struggles. Get honest with God. It's okay to voice your feelings and struggles. Talk to God. This doesn't mean that you trust God less when you express your pain. I mean, it wasn't hard to find examples of this in the Bible. There's so many. The Bible teaches us and mirrors this pattern for us that we can follow as we tell God what we're going through. Often we've just come along and kind of mess it up by saying, eh, maybe just keep that to yourself. That's a private thing. Just hold that back a little bit. And no, the Bible actually says, tell God the truth about your pain. And what does that look like? One way we can do this is by reading a psalm to God. Use that to guide yourself as you honestly tell God what you're feeling. Check out Psalm 6. It says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Start there. Pray that psalm to God as you get honest with God. And you know, even Jesus did this. Jesus quoted psalms as a way to show what his pain was. He quoted Psalm 22 on the cross as he expressed his anguish. And so scripture shows us that we don't have to hold anything back from God. God can take it. So just tell God what's going on. This might feel a little weird to imagine yelling at God, saying these honest things about your pain, but the Bible shows us it's okay. So the first thing we learn from these witnesses is that step one for getting back to life is talking to God, getting honest with God. The second thing we can learn from all these people is that when you wrestle with grief or anxiety or hardships, you're in good company. The company of kings and prophets, the company of people who God loved and chose to use and stayed with, these people were anxious and sad and overwhelmed. So you're not alone. And there's also 42% of us who are there with you. We stand with you too. You're not the only one having a hard time. 
So if we keep reading, we meet so many more beyond these stories that I just listed who are struggling, and we see that God still uses them. So I want to go ahead and take a look at one more story in particular to see what we can learn. We have one more truth we can learn about how to get back to life. So we're going to look at the story of Elijah. Elijah's a prophet who's been sent to minister to people, and those very people have now rejected him. And he's left sad and alone. So let's check out what he's going through. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So we first see Elijah going through a ton. The king and the queen are pursuing him. They want him dead. And they have said, we're not even going to rest until you're gone. He's exhausted, terrified, all alone in the wilderness. And what I love is God meets him there. And God's first step is to take care of Elijah's physical needs. Often when we're not mentally healthy, we really need help with some of those things. God says, have a home-cooked meal. And here's some water to go with it. I love that. That's so important for all of us to know that meeting someone's physical needs is a way we can help them in times when we're struggling with our mental health. I've seen that in my own life. I've been in seminary the last few years, and my husband Michael has fed me so many times. I really don't remember the last time that I cooked a full meal. He's made me salmon and stuffed shells and eggs and waffles, and he's brought me cookout milkshakes. And that's really helped me when I've been struggling with that mental health strain. You know... I just graduated yesterday, so I'm a little worried that now he's going to expect me to cook. I think that this system's been working well for us. We should keep this going a little bit, because it's been a great thing for me. But we see here that God heard Elijah's struggles and gave him some food and said, take a nap. The story goes on. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. 
Yet I also have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. So we see that Elijah has step one down. He tells God his problems. He says, this is going on, this is going on, all of this, I can't do it anymore, I've had enough. But what I love is how God responds. God doesn't magically take Elijah's problems away and say, all right, you're good now. God gives him people. God meets Elijah and says, hey, here's Hazael and Jehu and Elisha. Go join up with them. And then he also points out, by the way, there are 7,000 other people you can meet with too. And the cool thing about that is that we see Elijah is so stressed out, he's not even able to see the situation clearly. He didn't notice those 7,000 people. But God doesn't diminish Elijah's pain. God says, let me just point out to you that there are some people around you. So the second thing we learn is after we talk to God, we've got to find some people to be with, people to share that weight with us. God's response was to say, you're not alone. Go find these people. They'll fight the battle with you. They'll be your allies. Join up with them and tell them what's going on. So we learn from this to find others when we're feeling overwhelmed, anxious, depressed. And we see the same truth commanded to us in the New Testament as well. Galatians says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And earlier in Galatians, we're told what that law is. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the command we're following. We love one another by carrying each other's burdens. When we do this, we are joining into the work of God. We're following God. So this means both when you are sharing your burden with someone, you're following God, but also when you're carrying someone else's burden. In both situations, both ways, we are following the command of God. That means when I'm telling someone my problems and inviting them into it and telling them how overwhelmed I am, I'm showing obedience to God. But also when I show up for you or someone else and I'm there and hearing your problem, that's obedience too. Both parts are the way that we follow God's command. Now I wanna show you what this looks like. We have this board up here, it's not too bad, it's just a normal two by four, not really heavy at all, but we wanna have a little bit of a demonstration of how to carry someone's burden. So is anyone out here feeling strong today? I'd love to have a volunteer, someone who can come up and join me. I'm serious, I need a volunteer or else I'm gonna pick someone. All right, anyone out there feeling strong? Katie Starr? All right, welcome up Katie Starr, however you want to get up here. All right, you can join me over here. And now what I'm going to ask you to do, to ask you to do is lift this board, but not in the middle, which you weren't trying to do. I feel like you know where I'm going with this. So <laughs> the middle is light, that's easy enough. What I need you to do is lift this only using the part that is marked off. So go ahead and show us, what does it look like to carry a burden? All right, did you stretch this morning? Maybe you missed that part, I don't know. It's been a while, yeah, there you go. Try again, do you think you can get it up in the air? Oh, a little better, oh, that's close. All right, go ahead and stop. Well, so it's hard. We see that when you have to pick up a burden in a certain way, as some burdens were designed, there are certain ways that we can only hold them, it doesn't work. So what if I could show you a way that you can carry 
the full weight of this burden. What we're gonna do is I can come over and help you, but really if I'm helping you, the logical thing for me to do is add my burden too, because I can't just come and help you, it has to go both ways. So on the count of three, let's see if we can carry this burden. All right, ready? One, two, muster up all your strength. Three, look at that, we carried those burdens. Give her a hand, Katie Starr is amazing. She must have stretched this time. Now what I love about this is this is pretty light. Like that's really easy. We're not struggling nearly as much as she was before. And we see that it needed my burden too to make it a full burden. Katie Starr wasn't just holding a half burden. She had a full burden as we lifted ours together. And when we did that, our burdens became light and manageable. So thank you, Katie Starr, for demonstrating. Give her a hand. It's been great to have you up here. And again, you might be thinking, well, why couldn't she just pick it up on the middle? That's pretty easy. But the thing is, there are burdens in our lives that are designed that we can't get a grip of them this way that we're just over here on the end, struggling and flailing and trying to pick it up and not making any progress as it crushes us, as we try to do it by ourselves. I wonder if you have any burdens like that in your life today. You're trying and you're struggling, you're trying your best to get it up, but it won't because you can't hold the burden alone. Maybe you struggle with depression you're feeling overwhelmed by that emptiness in your soul, and you're just wondering, how in the world can I carry this burden? I wonder, have you considered inviting someone into that? Would you share that with someone? Maybe you're facing a parenting issue, and you're over here like, there's no manual for children. I don't know how in the world I'm going to carry this burden by myself. I don't know what to do. Have you thought about asking someone for help? Have you talked to someone about what you're experiencing? Maybe you're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, as things just seem like they're changing over and over again and there's no constants in our lives. Have you reached out to a friend? Are you willing to do that? Or maybe you're lonely. You go to work, you do stuff throughout the day, and then you come home and just see a night stretching ahead of you and no one to be with. As hard as it sounds, would you risk obedience to God's word and invite someone into that struggle? Would you confide in someone and tell them that you are lonely, just one person even? Whatever your burden is that is too heavy to carry, it becomes light when you invite someone else into it, when you share it. Who do you need to share your burdens with today? We had a student share in college ministry a few weeks ago about her struggle with mental illness. And my favorite thing she shared was she told us, I prayed to God for a miracle. And she thought that miracle would be that God would take away her struggle with OCD. That was really what she was hoping for. But instead, she said, that miracle was therapy. It was through that relationship, God used it to bless her, for the therapist to hold that weight with her and to help her process through some things. I have a relative who struggled with depression for most of his life, and he recently found out that he needs some medication to help him through that. He went to a psychiatrist and he told me, I thought I was just supposed to feel this way. 
I didn't know that there was anything unusual about this or that medication could help me. And if I had never gone to the psychiatrist, I wouldn't have known that. I would have just been carrying that forever. Some of you here struggle with mental health, mental illness. You have a diagnosis, maybe, or maybe you haven't yet. And if that's you, I want you to know that that's okay. It's normal to struggle with mental illness. You are not alone. But I also want to encourage you that if you haven't told someone yet, you should do that. You should invite someone in that they can help make the burden even just a little bit lighter. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage you to go to a counselor. Reach out to Lisa Blankenship. She's here on staff at FCC, and she is amazing. She has this network of counselors that she could get you connected with. And Lisa is someone who has personally carried many of my own burdens, and I can just vouch for her. I could never overstate how amazing Lisa is if you need to reach out to her. She would love to help you figure out how to share your burdens. It's okay to get help. It's life-giving. And in fact, the Bible commands us to get help. That's what the Bible instructs us to do. And some of you today, maybe you don't have a mental illness. You don't have an official diagnosis. And I just want to say to you that you still struggle with mental health. We all do. You don't need a diagnosis to have a struggle in this area of your life. And it's not about comparing whose struggle is bigger and like weighing our burdens next to each other. It's about recognizing that whether or not you have a men mental illness or you just struggle with mental health in general, we all need help. We all need to get help. So my challenge for you today is to carry someone's burden and to find someone to share your burden with. If you're not sure where to get started, start with the relationships you already have. Start by asking these, the people in your life how they're doing, really. Not just the cursory, how are you, and then you move on and you don't really know anything more about them, but find out a little more. We did a mental health questionnaire uh, check-in in college ministry, and it included some questions like this. How have you been sleeping? When's the last full meal you've had? What's taking up most of your headspace right now? And I love those questions. I hope you'll use them because they help us learn how to find out a little bit more about people. Like if you asked me, how have you been sleeping? I would probably tell you that most nights I don't sleep so well. I fall asleep really late. I have trouble staying asleep. And maybe from there I would tell you a little bit about what's on my mind. What are the things that are keeping me up? Maybe I would tell you the stuff that's on my plate that keeps me from going to bed when I should. And a simple question like that can help us carry one another's burdens as we learn more about each other. Carry one another's burdens. And we start with the relationships we have. Next, we find some new good relationships. Ethan mentioned in the video as you were coming in uh, that we have this thing called Happy Groups. It starts this Tuesday night. Uh, this will be a place where we do a Bible study together and we'll have breakouts for young adults, men, and, or for co-ed and women. And we would love to have you here if you're able to join in for that. That's 7 p.m. this Tuesday in the Worship Center if you're looking for a place to find some new people to meet. And second, I just want to reiterate another place for good, good new relationships would be by finding a counselor. Reach out to Lisa. Lisa can also help you as well with maybe other small groups you're looking for. It could be recovery or a support group or something like that. Look for ways to invite new people 
into your life so you can carry their burdens and they'll carry yours. Where do you need to share your burdens? This is something I'm wrestling with right now. COVID's been hard enough. The season weighs a lot. I'm wrestling with my own fears and anxieties. And I need to invite some people in. For me, I think that could look like going to a counselor to find someone to process some things that are going on for me, to take a next step in that direction. I also plan to maintain my commitment to my small group because I know those women want to be there for me. They want to carry my burdens and they'd like me to help carry theirs as well. What next step do you need to take? When we try to pick up our weight by ourselves, it's often too heavy. But just by inviting someone else in, our burdens become light. Whose burden will you carry this week? Pray with me. God, we invite you in right now and we ask that you would teach us how to pray, teach us how to confide in you and to cry out and share what's going on in our lives. But also, God, empower us to reach out to people, to tell them what's going on. You know that every single person in here right now is carrying a burden that feels too heavy. And I just ask that you would work in all of our lives specifically. Show us where we can confide in someone. We ask all of this in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen.